The Helipod, as always, brought to you by Viore, one of MJD's very favorite clothing items. They make unbelievable shorts, the bank shorts. Those oh, are the phenomenal. Yeah, the core shorts have the little liner in there. Uh, great workout t-shirts that you can wear anywhere. You can wear them to the grocery store. You can wear them to travel when you start to travel. Uh, long sleeve shirts, board shorts, which are swimming suits for those of you outside of California that don't yeah. call them board shorts. Um, and we had a great deal for you too. 20% off vioriclothing.com slash helipod. That's V-U-O-R-I clothing.com slash helipod for 20% off today. The finest athleisure wear, I think, oh, by far, in the world. Invest in your happiness and look good doing it. All right, it's time for the helipod presented by Viori. So I left off with MJD on the helipod portion. We have a new logo. It's your little kind of chubby head sideways nice. and, and MJD there in teal. I love it. Do you? Yeah, I love every bit of it. Okay. You don't like when I say chubby head, though. No, it doesn't bother me any because it's going away. When? Uh, probably by the time we finish taping all <laughs> our helipods, it'll be dumb. Hopefully, we can get more, though. That's the plan. Hopefully, we can do more. And uh, by the end of the season, I'll be, you know, skinny buff. So I kind of like my picks. Yeah, I don't know. Your picks were not great um, last week. I didn't do an exact tally because I didn't want to embarrass you okay. in front of our uh, listening and viewing public. But I told you, I told you Russ was going to cook against Atlanta. Yeah. We'll get into that. Um, I also told you that continuity and consistency was going to be a huge deal and that Brady would struggle a little bit against the Saints. You weren't buying that either. I wasn't. Uh, you know, and the, the funny thing is about week one, there's so many different things that happen, right? Like teams that we thought, like the Colts, that were going to be a walkway win against the Jags. Didn't happen. Um, and I don't put too much on week one. That it, Week one was kind of like the first preseason game. Guys are getting their feet together. I think we wait till weeks three and four, then you're going to start to see what teams are which. I mean, speaking of that, we have to talk about the Washington football team, your team. Yeah. I mean, Philadelphia is up 17-0. How do you throw two interceptions up 17-0? Like, I would just go right into four-minute mode and just try to close out the game. Well, listen, their, their offensive line, obviously, they didn't have Lane Johnson. They didn't have any. Got absolutely mauled. Carson Wentz sacked uh, a career high eight times. That defensive front for the Skins is stupid. It, it, it for meant, the Washington football team. Oh, I keep doing that. See, I did Everybody that. I, does I know. I did that on Sunday during our direct TV show, and they kept saying in my ear, thank you. I have to get Redskins out of my head. I'm actually going on one of the Washington football team shows tomorrow. I, I got to stop saying that. You can't that. call it that on I know. the show. Uh, but they were unbelievable. They had, it was the first time ever where they had five first-round picks on the defensive line get at least half a sack in a game. And then Ryan Kerrigan, by the way, uh, old man winner uh, coming up big in the opener with a couple of sacks. Well, so the funny thing is, is uh, they've invested in their defensive line, which you're going to win games with your O-line, your D-line, no matter what. Um, once you start to see all these guys going down, it just, you know, to the wayside. I think the same thing, um, even when we go to that Monday night, Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Giants. Pittsburgh has an issue. Their whole right side got hurt. Yeah. Your right tackle, your right guard, uh, your backup right guard was Nooski went out. Like, so... Some of these guys are going to have to kind of figure their way out, but um, Philadelphia's in a world of trouble. They're, I mean, you can't have anyone out there. Like, they're just guys just can't be out there blocking. I mean, you're going against the Rams week two. That's going to be a tough one trying to block Aaron Donald, who dominated that Cowboys offensive line, which is – I'm glad you brought that up. So, Aaron Donald, there were, uh, I believe – pressures on 19 dropbacks uh, for Dak Prescott. And it, I, I swear Aaron Donald had at least 10 of them by himself. No question. He is an absolute one-man wrecking crew. He's the best defensive player in football. He's the most disruptive force on the defensive side of the ball. Have you played against anybody that's remotely close to what Aaron Donald brings? Maybe Warren yeah, Sapp? I mean, no. I, Julius Peppers was a guy that disrupted. He did it in a different way, though. Like, I remember we, would, uh, we went into a – our first team meeting before he played Julius Peppers, was like, look, do not throw a screen on his side because he will pick it and take it to the house. Do not throw any type of check down on his side because he'll pick it and take it to the house. So, and then he was able to get sacks and things like that. I just think Aaron Donald, um, it's funny, when, the Cow when he wasn't on the field, the Cowboys wouldn't hurry up to keep him off the field. And they literally went down and scored. It was crazy. But when he was on the field, they were going three and out, 
you know, maybe get a first down. They were, you know, so it shows that he is still the best player in football uh, when he's out there. You just got to try to get out and keep him out there as much as possible. Um, but that was, you know, to be honest, that was a really good game. Like, people shouldn't be upset at the Cowboys. I mean, they had, a, they had an opportunity at the end of the game to win it. Um, they what had a, what'd you think of that call? Anytime a receiver extends his arms, right? So you're, you're always taught. There's, there's two things. I'm glad we have people listening. I can educate a little bit. I'll educate you here. So if I want to draw a defensive pass interference, I always turn my body to the defender and put my hands up like this. So as soon as he touches me, they're going to throw the flag because he can't look back. He's going to look at me, right? So he's right. going to run into me. That's DPI. Anytime a receiver does this and he straightens out was, his arm. I didn't feel like it, it was fully extended. It doesn't matter. It, it, you only can get this. You can't get that. So it's weird. It's like as soon as they see it, your arm at a certain angle, you could be like this. You could be like, like this. They're gonna call it because they think it's straight. And if you're and if you're listening, by the way, and not watching on YouTube, basically what Maurice is saying is that if your arm's at a 90 degree angle, you you're can fine. kind of push off with the yes. elbow. But the minute you extend the forearm, it's is over. when they're gonna call. They're that gonna penalty. call that every. And Jalen did a great job. I mean, he's in LA, so Hollywood acting a little bit. He did a great job of throwing his arms out. But as soon as that ref sees that arm straighten. They're gonna call PI on uh, on offense all the time. It happened against the Bengals and Chargers with yeah. AJ Green. AJ Green extends the arm. They like you. You're taught that. You know that. And granted, in the game, you get kind of a little caught in it. You got to be able to be strong with this little flipper we call it. Like you got to be able to give a guy that, and that's just enough to get a guy off you. And that's a score. learned technique that a lot right. of veteran wide receivers have. And there's a, there's so much like tugging Push at and the pulling. hip. Yeah. Right. I mean, DBs are always gonna grab and slap at your hands. They do that. Uh, I want to say I saw one of a guy grabbing a guy's wristband. I mean, they're going to do all those things. But you have to be able you, you have to be able to play within the game. And I think uh, Michael Gallup did a great job of getting by Jalen. Um, and instead of turning his, if he'd have flipped his hips and just went like this, they'd have called DPI all day. And you have to know that while you're in it. Like right. I remember playing against the Packers, and I was going against AJ Hawk, and they threw a wheel route, and there was no way with the way the ball was thrown, I couldn't catch it like this. So I just flipped. He just ran right into me like. All right, that's free, you know, 30 yards, 40 yards, whatever it was. But in the, in the moment, it happens so quickly that that's not really, is that something you work on in practice? Yeah, you, 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 it's a feel. So by the time I see where the ball's going, because again, I always tell people like when you play football, you have to know like geometry, all these different things. You have to be able to say, okay, the ball's at this angle, this is where it's going to land. So I need to speed up or slow down or whatever it may be. But at the same time, I got to be gauging the guy that's covering me as well. So if I feel the guy is on me and he's struggling trying to get to me and I, I know I can get a free, you know, how many ever yards by turning and flipping, why not do it? You have to know geometry. To me, it's like I remember they always talk about the angle of pursuit on right. defense, yeah. right? And sometimes you just kind of have it. Like I, when I throw the ball with my dog, she has a pretty good angle of pursuit, MJD. Like going down the hill, she'll roll down, chase that ball. Great angle of pursuit. Right. Nobody taught her that. She just has it. Yeah, but you got to teach. I mean, again, some people have it. Some people you have to <laughs> teach it to. Um, but, you know, again, it's just one of those things. I, I didn't know how to do that until I got to the NFL. Once I learned in the NFL, I became a better receiver because now, at the worst, if a linebacker is all over me, I know I can flip my hips, have them run into me, and you know, judging the ball and just get a flag. I, I want to I want to touch on that Rams game a little bit more, just from the standpoint of no fans being there. Uh, for those of you who don't know, MJD works for the Rams. He he calls the games on the radio uh, with JB Long. Um, SoFi Stadium, unbelievable. If you saw it on no. Sunday Night Football, I'm just absolutely gorgeous. Um, there were. There were three games that had fans. Mm -hmm. There were 16,000 at Arrowhead on Thursday. Jacksonville had 17,000. And then Denver at Mile High for the Titans game, they had 500 just friends and family. None in the brand-new SoFi Stadium. You called it. Was it weird? Mm, not really. I mean, yeah, you don't hear the crowd noise and the banging and stuff like that. But the are excitement... they piping it into your headphones? Because no, you, know, you no, hear no, crowd no. noise on TV. Yeah, you're not. They're not. They weren't piping it into our headphones. But I mean, you just. My job is just to tell you what I see, right? And so it kind of helped me out a little bit, just being able to first time doing it because there was no preseason game this year. So it started off a little clunky, but then we smoothed it out a little bit and we kind of got back into our rhythm. Uh, but it, it was just exciting to see the Rams play a different team in person. I mean, it was – and then let that team be the Cowboys. I mean, you talk about star power, star power everywhere. Um, but it was awesome to see. And it, it was good to kind of, you know, get back to football again. Like, watch it, you know, Sunday, watch it Thursday. But seeing it in person was like, okay, we're back. 
and I can now, depending on, and this is the one thing I, I want to tell everyone there, like depending on how the people in that organization handle themselves, this season can go all the way through. It can, it, I don't see anything as long as people are like, you know, taking care of themselves when they're off the field, not out in these areas contracting COVID, the, the season can go through. Well, I think to me, the biggest thing is, I think the masks on the sideline when you're getting tested as much as everybody is in the organizations is more about optics than anything else. But to your point, you can't have guys going out to a club, you know, right. on Monday night when they're off. You, you just can't. You, yeah, you can't. You can't I mean, you have to, you have to be but smart. It, but it's not. And that, what I always tell people is not just the players. It's the coaches. It's the trainers, the strength staff, it's the chefs. It's the nutritionist. No, it's, that's a great it's, point. It is the front office. It's everyone that's in that building with those players. Uh, the PR staff, it's everybody. And so that is one thing that, yeah, the players have to do their part, but they come in contact with so many people throughout the day that those people have to do their part as well. Why you got to call out Artist Twyman like that? He's I, gotta, not, I call out everybody. He's not going anywhere. He's not, but, you know, you just got to make sure you, you, you say it, everybody's insurance. Artist is great. Got some good run on Hard Knocks, yeah. too, didn't he? He did. That was he good. Great run. Uh, all right, three upsets of note. Which one surprised you the most? Uh, your Jags beating Indy. My Washington football team beating Philly. Or uh, Arizona beat oh, San Francisco. Man, um, all were crazy. I actually, you know, I picked the Colts over the Jags. Um, so I guess I have to do pick against the Jags again this week against the Titans just because so they can win. <laughs> it's just kind of how it goes now. It's kind of the thing. You I feel mean, a little guilty. Yeah, I do, but you got to do it. But to me, it's, it's the Cardinals beating the Niners. I mean, that is crazy to me. The Niners at one point were averaging eight yards a play. Um, but Kyler Murray showed that he is truly worth the number one pick and that he can be something special in this league. I mean, to go against that defense and DeAndre Hopkins that have 14 catches for 100 and some odd yards. 151 like, yards. Yeah, like they they really went out there and attacked a team that was great against the pass. I mean, and attacked them. And so, uh, they're, you know, the NFC West is going to be a tough division with the Niners still, regardless of what people say, they're still the San Francisco 49ers and they still can run the ball. They can still play great defense. Um, the Seattle Seahawks, you saw what Russ did to Atlanta which hurt my heart because I really wanted Atlanta to, to, to win. You got all those weapons. I told you, dude. You did. You did. I'm um, not going to say I told you so anymore because we're all right, we're all wrong. I, I went and played pickleball with some of my buddies, and they picked out, like, the two games that I got wrong. Right. You know? It happens. Um, so then, uh, you know, you, you have the Rams. So it's, it's, it's a tough division, man. You got to try to keep up with the guys going. Um, I know we're going to pick some games later on, but, you know, Seattle is like – they could be special. Like, Jamal Adams is unbelievable. Did you think he was going to have that big of an impact on that defense? It's funny because they don't blitz. They, don't, they never blitz. Seattle never blitzed. There, there were a lot of people that said, Jamal Adams, not a great fit in that defense, which I never fully understood. But he was everywhere. Well, they put him in situations to be successful. Pete Carroll changed his, tweaked his defense for Jamal Adams. All of a sudden, he's blitzing now. They'll play, they'll cover three, then they'll drop them and play cover four. Like, things that Seattle never did, they're doing now. They don't – Seattle used to always play cover three, let their four guys rush, and then they just sat back in coverage. They don't have those passwords that we talked about, so now they're starting to add blitzing, some different coverages in there, and it's, it's really getting after some people, man. Um, the NFC West is incredible. And by, and by the way, he, Jimmy Garoppolo did not get much help. His wide receivers had four catches for 41 yards. His top three pass catchers banged up. George Kittle has that knee injury, right, left, and came back. Debo out until week four. Uh, Brandon Ayuk um, supposed to be back. Kyle said that he expects him back uh, for week two against uh, the Jets, who, by the way, are going to be without Le'Veon Bell. Richard Sherman goes on IR with a leg injury. But I, I just think taking on the Jets, that's a bounce-back game for anybody. Yeah. So I, I think the 49ers are going to be okay. All right. Let me ask you about this because this was a huge topic of conversation early in the week. Um, Tom Brady, a couple interceptions and a pick six. Bucks lose to the Saints. And then Bruce Arians comes out and basically says, um, you know, he didn't play great. And we expect more. He expects more. It was a big talking point for a couple of days about Bruce actually criticizing the goat. I'm just curious to get your take on that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, that's what Bruce Aarons has done his whole career. He's going to call a spade a spade. He's going to tell you, you played bad. Um, I want to say, I want to say that when he was, that they had a bad practice, a really bad practice. And uh, he was like, the offense 
pretty much pissed down their leg today. And he was like, we must have felt like we were the best. We, we must have felt we were this, we were that. And it's, you know, and he's always going to do that. I think Tom understands that. For what my understanding is, he got that coaching in New England anyway, so it's no different. But, but Bill never did it publicly. Like, he was such... Tom knew he was bad. Like, like it's different. If, if I felt like I played good and you went out and said I played bad, then that's one thing. Tom knew he was bad. He still made some big-time throws. He uh, did. He, he, made, he made a couple, but he made some, some – the pick six was bad. That throw to Mike – he made some other bad yeah. throws, some other bad decisions. But here's, here's the part when I hear what Bruce was saying. The, the one part that gets to me is when he says, um, listen, he looked like Tom Brady in practice. It was unusual to see him look like that in the game. And they didn't do the things that we didn't get ready for. So, to me, that's taking the blame and solely placing it on your quarterback and saying, dude, we did our job. We coached him up, right? There was just a little hint of that to me, and I was just surprised to see that in week one. Well, I mean, it was a big game, right? You're playing the New Orleans Saints. You, you were expecting to go in there and win and roll. You have all these weapons. Tom has all these guys. You're running the ball, all these different things. And Did coaches ever come after you directly in the media like that? No, I, say, did, I, did, I did that. You I've done what? that a couple of times where I went after, like, I'm like, listen, like, there's, if we're going to lose, let's lose doing what we do best, running the ball. Like, let's not lose throwing the ball 40 times. That's not what we're built for. We're not, we didn't have the players to do that. I did that a bunch of times. Because to me, it's like, if, we were, if I was on a pass-happy team and we had weapons and we're throwing the ball over the yard, okay, we lose that way, that's just what we were. If I was the Indianapolis Colts and we lost doing that, so be it. But as the Jacksonville Jaguars, we, uh, we run the ball. We have 340-pound linemen. We have two or three backs. Like, we, we lose running the ball. That's what we're going to do in playing defense. Like, if we lose throwing being something that we're not, that's when I get frustrated. So who gets pissed off when you say that? The head coach, the offensive coordinator, the quarterback? And think, how, how would that I go? Think every, I think everybody gets upset. But if I was lying, if I was lying, then, you know, you would have gripe with me. Like, if I was like, all right, the quarterback played like hell when actually he was like 19 for 20, three touchdowns. Like, it, it would be – or if I was like, we need to run the ball and we won throwing it. Like, that would be something different. But I remember a game – we went into Seattle. Uh, we lost 41-0, to zero, I want to say. And after the game, I'm like, listen, like, I don't – what's the purpose of paying me all this money and giving me the ball eight times in a game? Like, that makes no sense to yeah, me. Yeah, but you get behind 28 It doesn't matter. We should always stick to who we are regardless because – you're going to try to catch up, but if we're not built that way, we're not going to catch up. It's like quicksand. It's like you're struggling doing something that you're not supposed to do, and then you just keep sinking deeper. Might, we might as well go back to the fundamentals, work on our game plan, work on what like the, the things we did, run the ball, play action passes, what we were, and we'll be fine. So I said that, and then they came out. They wanted to make a statement the next week. We played the Rams, the St. Louis Rams. 40 times? I touched the ball like 35 times, <laughs> 40 times. It was crazy. But guess what? We won. Well, I'll say and this. And so, hold on. We won. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, I proved know, but, my but, point. No, you I understand your point. Like, but when you're, when you're down by four touchdowns and it's, you know, midway through the third quarter, you can't run the ball. You have not? to throw the ball. Why? Because there's not enough time in the day to run the ball. You don't know three that? I do know that. How do you know there's that? There's 15 minutes a quarter. Right. So, you, let's say we break off a big run. Poof. Boom. We break off a run. Go 60 to the crib. Now, now we're down three touchdowns. We get a stop. Well, the fair assessment, but when you get stuffed, you know, you know, but when it, I don't, five times how do you, in a row. But if you haven't, if you ever run the ball, you uh, know. that's neither here nor there. But what I'm saying is, back to the thing with Tom Brady, all they're going to do is go back and they're going to play. They're going to practice. He's going to practice harder. You have to remember this again. There was, like you said, the continuity was that you saw that happen out there. Them on like making mistakes. Uh, now people have come out and said Tom has lost it, and all this. And I won't say that, but I will say that when you speak a certain language for so long and then you go to a new place and you have to speak a different language, because that's all football is. It's like, it's, it's, the, it's the same plays but different terminology. So if you call a slant a slant, I may call it a one. So I have to learn, I have to reteach myself. So if we're speaking English for 20 years and I, I go to Mexico and I have to start speaking Spanish, I'm going to mess up some. It's going to take a minute. It's going to take a little yeah. time. But I think it, he'll, he'll be better as it goes on. Were we parsing exactly what Arian said too much? He said, I'll expect a little more grit and determination next week. I don't yeah. know that grit and determination had anything to do with the pick six and the other interception. Mm, I mean, he was, I felt like in the pick six he was trying to make a play when there was a screen set up to the other side. He right. probably should have stayed with the screen. And there was a miscommunication with Mike Evans on yeah. the other interception. And, and actually, I will credit Arians with this. In his post-game press conference, he said, that's on Tom. 
And then he said, oh, you know what, Monday I watched the film. It, that, that was actually on Mike. He should have kept running. But yeah. I, I'm just curious to see where that relationship goes if, if they have another loss. Brady's never started 0-2. Well, okay. Who, I mean, who do they play next? Uh, they play Carolina. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not seeing that. No? Well, the Panthers have a young defense. and, and Oh, by the way. That Bucks defense, I know they didn't look great. They, They're pretty they were, damn good. They, they played well early on. And they shut McCaffrey down last year. Mm-hmm. Both games under 60 total scrimmage yards, uh, his two worst games of the season. Okay, it is time. We have six games. Okay, I'm ready. We're going to do a little pick six. Let's start with the uh, Patriots at Seattle. Did you know that this is the oldest coaching matchup in NFL history? Pete Carroll, 69. Bill Belichick, 68, the two oldest coaches in the NFL. Combined age, 137, the oldest matchup in NFL history. You know, I, I saw that. That's crazy. And that, that, that's unbelievable, actually, um, especially when you have guys like Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, a lot of these young 30-year-old court, uh, head coaches. It's great to see you know, the old guys still getting, getting it done. The OGs. Okay, uh, the, Pat, the Patriots ran 63 plays against Miami, 82% of those were either runs or play action. That's the fifth highest total yeah. in two years in the NFL. We're going to see a ton of that, right? Cam was efficient, 15 to 19, 155 yards. He was also their leading rusher with 15 carries mm-hmm. for 75 yards, two touchdowns. Do you anticipate seeing that kind of volume in terms of Cam running every week? Yeah, I definitely do. I think Cam is going to, you know, they're going to do their read option. He's going to be that threat. Anytime you have a running quarterback, it adds an extra gap to your defense. So a guy is going to have to pull out an account for him. It evens up everything. And so I expect it may, it may not be 15, but he'll get 8 to 12 every week. Um, and then on the goal line, when they get inside the red zone, you saw they're going to do what Cam does best. I mean, that's great coaching. Why would I ask him to do what Tom Brady does when he's not Tom Brady? I'm going to put him as a shotgun, get some lead blockers in there, and we're going to go and move this pile. And, and, and again, um, it's going to be a tough challenge for that Seahawks defense. Um, but I think it's hard to do that if you're playing from behind, right? I think they're going to, they're gonna, you know, they were kind of in lead the more that most of that time they're going to try to get back. But again, they can't go out to five wides with Cam. That's not Cam's game is to be five wides, you know, throwing all over the yard. Well, it's not like he's never thrown for over 4,000 yards before. I mean, yeah, but he's more of a, he, his game is more deep crosses, deeper routes down the field. He's not a, uh, like five yards here. That's not what he right. does. Even though they're they're you can see them trying to do that. With some of those pass plays, it's just that's not who he is. Uh, it's it's who Russell is. Russ cooked, man. Thirty-one of thirty-five, three twenty-two, four touchdowns. They just rolled Atlanta. Chris Carson didn't do a whole lot on the ground, but he, he caught he caught several passes. Had a couple of touchdown catches, um, and then Jamal Adams was just wreaking havoc on defense. What I, I mean, Jamal to me, Russell on offense. That's what stood out the most. This is. By the way, a team that went 15-1 and one at home in September over the last 10 years. I don't think this is going to be anything remotely close to an easy game for New England. Yeah, no, no, not at all. But New England's defense is really good. Let's remember that. They got some dudes that can cover over there. So I don't think you'll be getting like some of the plays that uh, you saw. New England runs a different defense. Only remember, Seattle practiced against this Falcons defense the whole time. Russ has played against this defense. Dan Quinn was there. They know what he wants to call. Like, Basically the same yeah, defense. Yeah, it's the same defense. So you know where, where the holes are and, and that they attack those spots. I think New England's will be a little bit different, uh, but I still have me. I'm going to pick the Seahawks in this one because it's, it's always hard to travel to the Northwest. Like, that is the hardest traveling, no matter if you're coming from California if you're coming from Florida, wherever, it's just hard to get to the Northwest. It's just a different. How, how is the Northwest hard from California? It's an hour it's, and a half flight. No, it's a two and a half hour flight. Not for the Bay Area, from here. From here, yeah. So when I went, I go, it's a two. It, it, it's just different weather. It's different. Well, the stadium's different, but you're gonna. That's gonna be neutered. You're not gonna have that home field. Yeah, I'm advantage. not worried about that. It's not that. It's the weather. Like it gets windy, wet. If you're not used to throwing a wet ball, like. And, but Camus has success in Seattle. He's been up there with the Panthers and has success. I just think. Right now, Russ, Russ and them are, 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 are playing pretty well. Yeah, no, they're playing great. That was, that was vintage Russell. All right, I, I like Seattle, too. Okay. I'm going to go uh, 24-20 okay. Seahawks in that one. Time for a quick break so we can tell you about our sponsors. And if you're a sports fan like me and a fantasy football fan as well, you know about DraftKings. You can play Daily Fantasy on there, and you probably have been for the last couple of years. Now you can bet as well. 
DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users a chance to turn $1 into 100 bucks when they bet on any team. That's right. You place a $1 bet on any team. If that team wins, you cash in for 100 bones. How good is that? DraftKings, safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code HELIPOD when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. You pick any team during week two, you bet a dollar, and you win a hundred. That sounds pretty good to me. Uh, that's one dollar, and you win a hundred. Promo code HELIPOD during sign-up. For a limited time, only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. Only eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Let me tell you about a company called Vaco, started by one of my good buddies, Brian Waller, many years ago, back in 2002, one of the co-founders. Vaco is the premier talent and solutions firm that provides boutique-level service with global reach in areas of consulting, consultative project resources, executive search, permanent placement, and strategic staffing. You need somebody to fill that C-suite position, Vaco has you covered, and they have you covered in a lot of different places. Accounting, finance, technology, healthcare IT, operations, administration, or international managed services. Vaco has grown to serve over 40 markets across the globe. They have 1,000 employees, 5,000 consultants, and $750 million in revenue since 2002. At Vaco, they do it right. Check them out, vaco.com. For more info on how Vaco connects people to their dream jobs and helps leading companies find talent to grow their business. I want to tell you about something that I started about two months ago now. It's a product called True Niagen. Uh, if you want to invest in your long-term health like I have, I think you should try them out. We have something in our cells called NAD, which supports our energy and our body's ability to repair itself all the way down to the cellular level. Well, it turns out that NAD declines as we age. It also declines when we overexercise, we don't sleep enough, and even when we're exposed to a virus. There's only one NAD booster that is backed by Nobel Prize winning scientists, 10 published human studies, and regulatory approvals for safety. That's TrueNiagen. Additionally, TrueNiagen, NSF certified for sport. Visit TrueNiagen.com to learn more. That's T R U N I A G E N. Dot com to learn more. And finally, Greens Plus, a health food leader since 1989, known for creating the first ever blended green superfood powder and the first company to infuse those green superfoods into a bar. Those bars and powders, they're tasty. I, I use them probably five to six times a week. I feel better when I do. It's the most effective way to improve your immunity, detox your body, boost your energy, and get that nutritional insurance that your body deserves. All organic, gluten-free, premium green superfoods. You can get it at Whole Foods or on Amazon, or if you go to greensplus.com, you're gonna get 20% off using the promo code HELLY. That's greensplus.com, 20% off using the promo code H-E-L-L-I-E. -L -L -E. I love the chocolate protein bars and the wild berry superfood powder. Check it out. Uh, Ravens, Texans, the Ravens just, I mean, they just. Let's not, let's not even, let's, we shouldn't even really put too much time into this. Houston, DeAndre Hopkins is probably the best receiver in football, and I'm going to tell you why. Because he impacted four teams in, in week one, okay? The Niners couldn't cover him, exposed them defensively. Obviously, the Cardinals impacted them with that, with that performance. And then the Houston Texans didn't do anything until the fourth quarter until the Chiefs stopped playing defense. And literally, like, they couldn't move the ball at all. And then, obviously, the, he impacted the Chiefs by helping them blow them out. So, this is, I mean, the Texans are going to struggle. They're going to, they don't have many weapons. Oh, no, um, and to, Will, Will Fuller, because they started throwing it later, eight catches, 112 yards. The other three receivers, Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, Kenny Stills, four catches, 52 yards between the three of them. That, that's what I'm saying. That's an issue. And so uh, where Baltimore offensively is rolling, and we saw what Houston was doing defensively, it wasn't good. Uh, and Lamar is just getting better and better. It's so scary to me. Better. When you look at the numbers with Lamar, 
He has 27 touchdown passes and one interception in his last eight games. Dropping dimes last week against the Browns. He was 11 of 13, 194 yards, three touchdowns on throws of 10 yards or more. I'll be honest. I thought Lamar was a good college quarterback. After his first few games in the league, I'm like, dude, he's not a good thrower of the football. He has gotten better. I mean, obviously every year, but almost every game. Oh, and that's the scary part. Like, he was – his athleticism is going to hurt you. It's going to make you account. What I told you about Cam, like, you have to account for that. Uh, but now when he can drop back and just throw dimes and start to pick you apart, and he's getting better throwing the ball outside the numbers. He has an arm shot. He's getting more accurate that way. Um, and they're starting to utilize guys differently. <sighs> like they might be the they might be the most complete team in football. They're they're I mean they are uh, th- them and the Chiefs. They're up there. The Chiefs are probably the most complete team. They can do whatever. You see the problem and um, the problem with it when they play the Chiefs defensively, they're either you're going to allow Patrick Mahomes to throw the ball all over the yard, or he's going to turn around and hand it off to Clyde Edwards-Helaire. And we saw that he had 106 yards after contact. So. <laughs> Uh, those are the, the top two teams. I just think the Ravens are just going to maul people. Like, it's, it's like this is not even going to be a close game. You, I know you are a, uh, a fan of fantasy. Mark Ingram. Should I worry about Mark Ingram right now with, with no, J.K. Dobbins I, right behind no, him? No, I think, I think Mark Ingram's going to get his touches. It's just some games J.K. Dobbins is going to do some things, and then some games Mark Ingram's going to do something. He'll just vulture some of those goal yeah. line carries every yeah. now and then. I do, I, I'm going to pick it. I mean, I know – Clearly, we, we don't need to pick it because you are, you're going with the Ravens yeah. easily. Yeah, easily. It's not even close. All right, I'm going Ravens 33-20. Falcons-Cowboys, uh, this is a sneaky big matchup, man. Both teams coming in 0-1. Teams that start 0-2 make the playoffs just 12% of the time. Well, so, I, I think that percentage is going to change with the added, with the added uh, playoff, team? playoff team. So it may be a little bit different, but, um, I don't, man, I don't know what's going on with Atlanta's defense, man. I don't understand. It just hasn't been fully fixed. I just feel like it, it fluctuates year to year. And, and, and I don't know if it was as much Atlanta's defense or just, just Russell cooking last week. You know, it might have been – it was a combo platter, yeah, I guess. And it don't help because Dak is just as good and probably – Just as good? I think Dak is just as good. As Russell Wilson? Oh, watch when you see it. Like, it's different. Again, who's going to impact the game the way Aaron Donald did? The only reason that Dak was – he was under pressure so much. Yeah, he was. And he was still making plays. The Falcons don't get pressure like that. So, I just feel like when we talk about Russell Wilson, we're talking about I, – I would say in my mind, Patrick Mahomes, Russell, Lamar, top three quarterbacks in I, football. People, you say that, but Dak has more wins than all of them since he's been in the league. Than Russell Wilson and Patrick yes. Mahomes? Yes. More, more – well, he doesn't have more wins has, than Russell Wilson. I want to say he has more wins since Dak has been in the league. Dak has more wins than uh, Russell Wilson for sure. You know, it's, is, it's Tom Brady and then him. I'm, I mean, you can go look it up. This is a great thing about internet, <laughs> quarterback winning percentage. Listen, I want the people, I want you all to hit, like, this up here is like an almanac. It's crazy. <laughs> Don't, like. I hope I'm able to pull this I, up. I hope you're able to pull this up, and this is going to roll. All right. I'm going to find it. We're gonna, Russell Wilson, by the way, has a 67% winning percentage. So I'm talking about since Dak has been in the league. Dak has more. a 60% winning percentage. See, Every now and no, then you th- that's not that's how since Russell's been in the league. I said Dak came in after him. Yeah, right. Okay, go to the go to the research pack from last week and look it up. <laughs> okay. I want I'll you to look, look it up. I'll look it and up. Then, I'll then, look you, it up. then I want you after this, I want you to like edit in you saying like he was right. All right. I'll because uh, Tom Brady has I want to say Tom Brady has like forty two or forty one. Dak has forty wins since he's been in the league, and then it was like Russ and some other. The, guys these according to the football database. All-time winning percentage just for these quarterbacks. Tom Brady, 76%, okay? And Russell Wilson, 67%. And these are uh, ranked according to how many games total they have won. But when you look at the percentages, as I said, Russell still yeah, ahead but, of your but, guy. But I said one. I said games won since Dak has been in the league. That's what I said. You did say that. Yeah. So I didn't say overall. So you can't everybody. count Russell's whole Yeah, you can't picture. count you Russell can only when count he was turning around and handing off to, to Marshawn Lynch and that defense was rolling. You can't count that. I'm going to double check that. All right. I'm going to double check that. Anyways. Uh, so when you're, when you're talking Falcons-Cowboys, the, the one thing that worries me about the Cowboys is that right, everybody's hurt. they've sucked in, in close games. Mm-hmm. They're 1-7 in, in one possession game since 2019. You know who's worse than that? One team, the Bengals, oh. who haven't won. A one possession game 
and they lost Blake Jarwin for the year. Leighton Van Der Esch has a broken collarbone. Mm-hmm. Can, can you, I'm, not, I'm not even saying this to put you on the spot. Can you even name the Cowboys' backup tight end? Because I had forgotten. I had to look it up. Uh, it's it was the kid from Stanford. Dalton Schultz. Yeah. Okay. And then they had another guy jump in as well. But, so he has 13 combined catches in 18, 19, mm-hmm. and this season. So there's a massive drop-off, right? Yeah, but they still have, you still have Amari Cooper. You have C.D. Lamb. You have Michael Gallup. You have Zeke. But, okay. Dalton Schultz will be blocking. So you're not, you're not worried about it. not that. worried at all about it. I mean, it wasn't they, – they didn't really – they tried to use – uh, Blake Jarwin, but they really they couldn't. He was taken away from the game. So I think that Dak is going to lean on those three receivers outside. Which again, I'm gonna I'm trying to figure out who Atlanta is going to have cover who in that situation. And then you have to get pressure on them. Uh, hopefully Lyle Collins comes back this week. I don't know if he'll be back, but I mean they're at the end of the day, man. Like Dak is making it happen, and I think he'll be better next week when he plays the Falcons because there won't be as much pressure on him. So you think Dak's a top five quarterback? Uh, I don't. The rankings are so hard. It's hard to say top five when you have like Tom and Drew and Aaron Rodgers and all those guys in there. But Dak is definitely a quarterback that I would be comfortable with on my team because I feel like we can win games with his skill set. Man, they made a big mistake not not paying him earlier. Oh, he's gonna. They're gonna win. They're gonna start winning games and then they're gonna have to cash him outside. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna pay him eight million dollars per year more than they would Mm -hmm. have originally. That's why you don't let. That's why you let other guys get paid before your guy. Um. For, I don't know why this is a field pick. Yeah. I'm picking the Falcons 28-25 in an upset in this game. That, I, I mean, that, that could happen. Uh, it's gonna be. I don't know who's going to cover Julio on that defense, but I, I just feel like the Cow- for me it's going to be the Cowboys. And I, I'll give you a score. I think it's going to be 28-24 Cowboys. Cowboys. So you're, you're basically just flipping that the other direction. Yeah. Um, another game between two 0-1 teams, the Vikings uh, and the Colts. Minnesota, obviously the, the victim to Aaron Rodgers, who mm-hmm. just shredded him. The Colts upset by Jacksonville, as we talked about earlier. To me, this is the this is the Jonathan Taylor game. He's stepping into that number one uh, role yeah, with Marlon Mack injured. He's not going to really be out there like that. I think uh, Naeem, Naeem Hines, Hines is going to be the, their third down guy. And when you're talking about Phillip Rivers and what you saw against the Jaguars, they were in 11 personnel and things and – Stuff like that. So hopefully they, um, you know, I, I know they want to run the ball, but let's be honest. I mean, you paid Phillip Rivers two, $25 million. You're trying to let him throw it. And that, I mean, that's the problem. That's what happened to the Colts. They let him throw and he started throwing picks. Phillip is Phillip, right? <laughs> he had two picks. Um, and I think when I look at this game, the Colts' defense just wasn't what I thought it was going to be. Um, for Gardner Minshew to go 19 of 20, three touchdowns, like, even though he didn't throw for a ton of yards. But he looked good, He man. looked really good, and they, you had, like, they just weren't getting pressure the way I thought they should. So, for me, I, I like the Vikings in this, and I think the Vikings get back. They, they got away from their game plan. Hey, remember we were talking about this? When you get away from your game plan, when you're a run first team, you start trying to throw the ball, then you get slapped by 40 because you're just out there all the time, your defense on the field. I think the Vikings get back to hand the ball off to Dalvin Cook and getting him going. And if they get him going, it's going to be a long day for that Colts team. I, I just worry about them defensively, the Vikings. Uh, Daniil Hunter's still out. You know, they had six new starters. We talked yeah. about it a little bit last week with Mike Hughes and Holton Hill. They gave up 522 yards they to the playing, Packers. They were playing 12, though. I, and Devontae Adams looked unstoppable. Well, that, that's the other thing. Like, that, that's what got me. If, if, I'm, if I'm Mike Zimmer, and again, I, I've never coached in the NFL, so I can't tell. I only coach little league football, but I still think it's the same. Like, whoever their best player is, he's not going to beat us. Right. That's so, I mean, it's the same way in yeah, the NBA, right? Yeah, I'm not, you are not going to win with Devontae Adams. You're going to have to beat me with these other dudes over there. Like, But for Devontae Adams to have the game he had, it's like, like come on, double team him. Well, I mean, and, and you do have, you know, uh, Valdez Scantling. Who, no, that's who fine. Had a DC game, yeah, he could, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, because I saw him drop two big plays, two big passes. He did. He did. Uh, Philip Rivers, by the way, 0-5 against Mike Zimmer in his career uh, going back to 2010. That's back to Zimmer's days in mm-hmm. Cincinnati. Um, that being said, I'm picking the Colts to bounce back. I, I just, I, I feel like, I feel like they're going to get this done. 27-24. Give me the Colts. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the Vikings, and I think it's going. It's not even going to be close. Oh, really? I, I don't. I you think, think they're going to blow them out? I think it's going to be one of those, you know, 28-10 games. Is I, and I'll tell you why. Because Phillips is going to turn the ball over. He's going to throw it into coverage. You and just give a you 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 just put Philip Rivers in the dirt. You're just done with him. I mean, this I, listen. 
you did it all last year, and then you do it again week one. I have to go off of what I, I thought you say. Don't put that much stock in week one. But if, but if you do it all last year, then you come back and do it again. It's like I, I mean, fool me once, <laughs> right? Like, Jesus Christ, bro! Just don't throw it to the other team. You're good. But he has he has to throw it to the other team. That's I, I was I was a little bummed because I thought I've been saying it all offseason. I to me the Colts were a they scary were like, team. Yeah. They were I, the offensive line is unbelievable that defense was vastly improved last year you add Jonathan Taylor to the running game you don't sound like you're sold on Jonathan Taylor either by the way I'm I again I have to see it I have to see it when I watched this tape at Wisconsin I I, there was some you know I always and this has nothing to do with him this has nothing like I was don't say no offense no no we're talking about him no that's what I'm saying like I questioned Melvin Gordon when he came out uh Monty Ball all the backs that came Wisconsin? out of Wisconsin because that you run through these gaping holes all the time. Like, the holes are as big as where we are right now. Like, they just run through it. Do you hate the entire Big Ten or just Wisconsin? No, I don't. it's not about hating. I just I just feel like the holes are much smaller. You have to anticipate more in, in the pros than you have to do when you're at Wisconsin. I mean, all, those linemen get drafted every year in the first round. So, you're, you, you're used to having great blocks. When you get to the league, it's not like that. So, I have to see him work. I mean, Ron Dane won the Heisman, right? And yeah. He had a couple of decent years with the Giants, but no, I, I you see what I'm saying. Like, I understand so, your point. So that's I where I get. Point. I have to see it when it comes to Wisconsin running backs. I have to see it. So he has to show you, like he's from Missouri, the Show Me State, but he's yeah. not. He's from well, Wisconsin. Well, you know, I'm from California, the Show You State. So I need you to show me what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sh- show me who you like in this Giants Bears game. A Giants 0 and 1, Bears coming in 1 and 0. Um, the Giants lost to Pittsburgh 26-16. Bears escaped with a win after DeAndre Swift dropped that winning touchdown pass. The Lions absolutely imploded in the fourth. Um, they did come back, the Bears did, from 17 down, and Trubisky had three touchdown passes, tight window throws in the fourth quarter. But here's what stands out to me. You have the Allen Robinson that's distraction, that's a, oh, okay? It's a, it's a great one. A great so one. if you're Allen Robinson – and you want to get some attention, what do you do? You well, just unfollow everybody on Twitter and, and you, Instagram. Yeah, That's the you, first thing. You take, you unfollow all your, I don't know, did he unfollow his team? Everybody. Just okay. unfollow all the Bears, okay. everything. And then he, and it, kind of like Giannis did for the Bucks, right, in the NBA. So, and then he takes all Bears pictures down from Instagram, from his header on Twitter. Everything that had to do with the Bears on social media took it down. There was a report that he requested a trade. His agent says he did not request a trade. What are you saying in the locker room, is it a distraction? What's how much much of a difference I mean, does this make? This this is the problem, and, and this is something that I had to deal with when I was in Jacksonville. You can't continue to pay guys outside your building. You can't do that. You can't bring in Nick Foles and pay him a bunch of money and have him a backup. You can't that, that, like you can't do that and expect me, a guy who's out here making plays week after week after week, uh, making these acrobatic catches, and then when it's time to negotiate a deal, you're playing hardball with me. Like don't do that. That you can't do those things. You can't continue to pay people outside your building. And if they don't come in and produce, I'm going to figure out, well, why was it so easy for you to pay him? When I'm in here, you see me every day going to work. You see me. You should be compensating me for what I'm doing, especially if I'm on the last year of my deal. Um, and so in that situation, that's always going to be the issue. It's like, And every team is going to be that way. When you talk about the Baltimore Ravens, when you talk about the uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, any team, the the Green Bay Packers, you can't draft a quarterback in the first round, man, and then he's on the bench. And then you expect your worked man. That, it looked like it worked out pretty no, well. No, it didn't because you can't expect uh, your man uh, Aaron Jones to be like, hey, where you want to play hardball with me after all? Like, you just wasted a draft pick, right. bro. Like, what it, like, you ha- like the, the, the locker room is a very, very um, unique and fragile like dynamic you can bring one person in and if that person you pay because as soon as you pay someone everyone looks to that like that's the gold standard if he's not the gold standard everyone's going to drop their stuff or you're going to have guys very upset because you're paying him a bunch of money he's doing nothing and yet i'm doing all the work and i'm not getting compensated as much as this guy or more than him so is Allen Robinson more motivated or less motivated against the Giants this week? I think he's going to be more motivated. The Giants' defense is actually really good. I, I, I didn't expect him to be uh, as good as they were. Um, the, the, I'm going to pick the Bears in this because the Giants' offensive line is not good. And it's not, it's not their left tackle is really good. 
Um, their rookie left tackle played well. I just think they have so many other issues on that O-line that they have to try to figure that. You have a tackle playing center. Like, it's just a lot of things. And that Bears defense is they're starting to kind of yeah. pick it up. I think Khalil Max will have a big day. So, to your point, they got three new starters on the O-line. Yeah. Obviously, Nate Solder, you know, opted out before mm -hmm. the season started. Saquon had 29 yards against Pittsburgh. He had, he, he had he, negative and going into the fourth quarter, negative rushing yards going into the fourth quarter. And he was hit at or behind the line of scrimmage on 11 of 15 carries. Initially, I look, I'm like, I was going to say, what's wrong with Saquon? Well, the offensive line is what's wrong yeah. with Saquon right now. Well, yeah, I mean, in the running game, yes. Uh, I think in the passing game, they tried to get him the ball a ton in space, which Jason Garrett did something completely different than what he was used to. Um, throwing the ball, he had some big runs. But, again, man, like, you have to fix the offensive line. You, how, you, how do you – like, at this point, right, your offensive line is, is Patrick. Called, there's you, a thing called trade. I mean, you better start looking around. There's some guys in free agency that may still be out there that you could find, but – They can't do – You can't do much can't about it right done. now. Yeah, you, that's going to be a, an off-season thing. So that's going to be Achilles heel for them the whole year. By the yeah. way, you talk about that Bears defense. 92 yards per game is what they have allowed over the last three years, which is the third best in the NFL. Um, I still think it's going to be relatively close. I go Bears 20 to 16 in this one. Yeah, to be honest, I, I, Daniel Jones threw the ball well, um, but I feel like he still he's he had still a couple learning. of picks. He yeah. still turns it he's, over yeah, too much, and, for me. and that's where the Bears are going to go. So I, for me, I'm going to pick the Bears too. I think it'll be a little bit wider margin, maybe like a 21 10. Daniel Jones, two picks. The only person uh, in the NFL with more interceptions is Jameis Winston, and he's obviously not even starting right now the over the last the, two years. The ghost of, of Jameis Winston haunted the, uh, the Bucks, I guess. Dude, what, what do you think he was thinking on the sideline? See, you, you, it you, ain't put, me. you put on that helmet. It ain't me, man. You call all these pass plays. And what do you want me to do? Eventually, I'm going to throw it to the other side. Oh, man, I, could, I would love to have seen what was uh, going on in his mind. Okay, finally. Monday Night Football, Saints 1-0, Raiders 1-0, Raiders beat Carolina on the road, Saints, of course, down the Bucks. Michael Thomas has that high ankle sprain. Yeah, he's, he, he's expected to miss a couple of weeks. Now, you know, as players do oftentimes, they don't want to admit that they're going to be out. He's like, ah, I'm, not, I'm not convinced that I'm, that I'm not going to play. But if he misses time, you have a receiving core with Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan Smith, Deontay Harris. You throw Taysom Hill in there and, you know, Jared Cook uh, at the tight end position. That's that's big. I mean, I know he didn't do much against the Bucks, but him being on the field makes that a different offense, yeah, doesn't but, it? Yeah, yeah, it does. But at the same time, this Raiders defense isn't all that, you know, it, it's not one of the top yet. I think they, they have the potential to be there maybe a year from now. Um, but you're still going to lean on Alvin Kamara. You're going to lean on Latavius Murray um, and offensively. And then Drew Brees is going to, you know, he's going to dink and dunk. He's going to get the ball to the guys that are open. You'll see, I think, more of the Drew Brees that we're used to being, like we're not the guy that was just throwing it to Michael Thomas every time, but now he'll spread around a little bit. And their defense is still one of the best in the thing. And, and to be honest, a little a little revenge game, Dennis Allen. Yeah. You know, what didn't, didn't, wasn't really handled the best when he was with the Raiders. So you got a little revenge game going on. He's the one that drafted uh, Derek Carr. You never know. It may be a little, you know, try to get after this guy a little bit. I'm going to go with the Saints in this one. Um just because I, I think the Saints just have more, right? I, I think the, the Las Vegas Raiders are ready to start making plays and, 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 and exploding, but they just don't have everything yet. Who's going to make a bigger impact, Josh Jacobs or Alvin Kamara? Oh, Josh Jacobs will. He's gonna, they're going to have to stop him. I mean, if you, you saw the, the Carolina Panthers didn't do that, so he had three touchdowns. Like, they're going to run yeah, the Yeah, he ball. had almost 100 yards. Yeah. Kind of under the radar, he had four catches for 46 as well. No, they're they're, they're going to run the ball. He's going to be more involved in that offense, but I, I truly believe that um, it's just not enough, man. Like, you got to be able to score points with the New Orleans Saints. If you don't score points, it's going to be tough. I, I, I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, the Saints and the Rams were having this battle back and forth. Um I remember my, uh, Marcus Peters and Sean Payton were going back, and they were talking trash to each other, and they called it the gumbo bowl and all that. You couldn't – you weren't winning that game scoring 21 points. Right. You got to score in the 30s and the 40s if you're going to beat the New Orleans Saints. All right. Th this is my uh, two upset picks, mm -hmm. and this is one of them. Um, I just feel like the Raiders have juice right now. I love what Josh Jacobs is doing. I feel like Derek Carr has been accurate. And the element – and I thought – I didn't think he was going to be a flop, but I think Henry Ruggs has the ability – to stretch that defense, take the top off the defense like no player they've had in a mm -hmm. long time. 
Um, and, you know, he didn't have a huge game last week, but he's going to be a difference maker as a rookie. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll have it. They have a couple rookies that they're going to lean on, but I still, like, I'm a, and like I said, I'm a Raiders fan. Like, I grew up a Raiders fan. I played for him for six months. You know what I'm saying? It was it was a great time, right? <laughs> that, was, was that, that was probably the highest it, it six been, months of your might have been It might have been, been 10 months, you know, if I'm going to be, be serious <laughs> with you. But um, I just, like, when you look at this thing, man, I just feel like the Saints, they just got too much going on. Like, they're on a mission right now. You could tell, like, doing trick plays at the end of the fourth quarter. Like, Sean Payton has that, that, um, that aura. It's not even an aura. Like, I don't want to call it. Like, he just has, like, a little a-hole in him, you know? Like, oh, for like, sure. He's going to try to, like, dig in there. In a good way. In yeah. a good way. It's a great way. Coach, if I'm yeah. a coach, that's how I coach. Like, yeah. I always tell people, like, when I was coaching my little kids, like, they're like, oh, you ran the score up. Like, it's not my fault. Like, we're just running the same plays. Like, they have to try to stop us, too. You know what I mean? Like, this is how I feel. And I feel the same thing with him. Like, he goes in there. And if someone runs the score up on me, it's like, all right, we got to go back and fix this up. Otherwise, we're going to get trounced again, right? Like, like we can't have this. But he, did, he, I remember in the preseason, he was doing, like, onside kicks. Like, he doesn't care. He, he also said that he thought it was his worst play-calling game against the Bucks that he's had in a long time. And he's saying that after a win. Drew Brees said the same thing about his own play. He's like, I, I really didn't play well, um, which could be a scary thing. I just – I think there's a little something to the yeah. Raiders finally. Yeah. Uh, but I, I could also, on the flip side, I could also see the Saints just blowing the doors off the Raiders. I, I could see both things happening here. Um, that's it, dude. Is there is there anything else you want to get off your chest? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I would say this. I think the Denver Broncos, uh, their fans have a lot to be excited about. It may not happen this year because they're so young. Jerry Judy is the truth. Yeah. Jerry, Jerry he, Judy is the truth. I mean, it comes down to this. Like, he's pure. He's probably the best receiver we've seen come out of college in a long time. He's legit, and he's such a good route runner, and he's so athletic. I will say this. I was not sold on Drew Locke. Um, I like what I saw from Drew Locke. Yeah. Well, it was um, solid. I, mean, I thought it was good. It's not as spectacular, but I just, there's, they talked about him having a little bit more of a swagger this year, and I, I felt like we saw that. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think, again, I, like I said, I, I try not to put so much weight on week one. There were some good things. There were some bad things. I think as we get going into week three and four, you'll start to really see who these teams are, like the good teams or the bad teams, the good teams, and then the great teams. Um, I think the Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens are great teams. Uh, on the NFC side, I think it's, it's a bunch of teams muddled in right now that are between the good and great. You just have to wait to see who pans out. I mean, a lot of people didn't think the Rams were going to be that good. They went out and beat the Cowboys. All right, now they're on the road for the next you know, they have, a, they have a tough road uh, game against Philly. But, you know, you just I think you'll start to see teams separate themselves in the next couple weeks. All right, I like it. Thanks, buddy. No problem, bro.